Welcome to Profit First Nation, the official podcast for entrepreneurs who are operating their businesses in the zone of permanent profitability. I'm Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First, and now here's your Profit First Nation guide, Daniel Mulvey. Welcome to Profit First Nation, the podcast for the top 17% of entrepreneurs with cash in the bank to correlate to their profitability. Profit First Nation is the podcast for intelligent entrepreneurs who have taken ownership of their financials and leveraged Profit First as a cash management system to make their businesses permanently profitable. I am Danielle Mulvey, an expert at guiding entrepreneurs on owning their financials in as little as 11 minutes per day and doing Profit First right. If you are a fan of Profit First and its author, Mike Michalowicz, you have found your tribe. We are a nation of successful entrepreneurs driven to be permanently profitable with a grit and a growth mindset that lets no obstacle stand in our way in pursuit of the three Ps, passion, profit, and play. On Profit First Nation, we dive into advanced Profit First strategies and we share the honest and authentic ups and downs of being a business owner. All right. Well, the title of this episode is Oops, I Did It Again. So um, I guess I, I don't really like the term, but I guess it applies. I am a bit of a serial entrepreneur. I don't like to have all of our eggs, when I say our eggs, my husband and I's eggs in one basket. That was a big takeaway from my first company when we started and we had one huge client to start. I mean, that was all of our eggs in one basket. But then even, um, you know, when my husband and I started our our businesses um, in 2010, we had one in construction and one in healthcare. I mean, like polar opposites. And so I've also started some other businesses um, along the way since then too. But um, I'm really excited because I'm about to launch something that really is probably something that has been a long time in the making, um, 20 years, to be honest, in the making. But, you know, this kind of thing is I have a passion for building things and kind of making things better and and doing things, you know, differently than they've been done. But uh, this new business is really related to um, a discipline and I've talked about it on the podcast, but it's something I've really like cracked the code on in um, 23 plus years of being an entrepreneur, and that is how to recruit, hire, and retain A players. And so I have a new business starting. We are launching officially the first week in August. And so um, I'll just kind of leave it a bit as a teaser. You just have a few more weeks to wait. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to walk through with you. Um, kind of like my checklist for when I start a new business. And, you know, this is a good time if you've got things running and going in your business and got it dialed in and it's running like clockwork, then maybe it's time for you to, you know, take your knowledge and expertise and build upon that and add another business to your portfolio. So um, we have points A through H that we are going to talk about on this episode. Uh, again, oops, I did again, starting another business. So the first step, step A, is building a financial model and getting out a spreadsheet. Um, again, this is kind of where like I totally nerd out and geek out, but you guys can do this starting with the reverse engineer calculator that we 
talk about all the time on this podcast. And you know, how much money do you want to make in the business from an owner's pay perspective? Or maybe it's a business that you're creating and you won't necessarily be working in the business. Um, but you want to like, you know, look at it from a profitability perspective. And so you want to set a target based off of profitability. So reverse engineer the business. But when you build this financial model, it's really important to understand, you know, how many employees you're going to have. What is your cash flow going to look like in terms of payroll expenses with those employees over time? How are you going to ramp up sales and what kind of sales targets do you need to meet every month for the first 12 months in business? And you know how much cash do you need to put into the business to, to seed it and to get it going? So you want to build that financial model. And really, too, when you're doing this in an Excel spreadsheet, this is where price is super, super important. Because remember, there's only two ways to increase profitability, and that is by increasing margin and decreasing expenses. So when you start a new business, You want to start with as little expenses as possible, really be skinny on your expenses, but you also want to have a good, healthy margin to start. It's much easier to come down on price than to go up in price. Now, of course, we talk about, you know, when you have a price, you need to make sure that you've got a a system in your business for making price adjustments on a consistent and regular basis, but you don't want to come in as the lowest cost provider. Um, You want to have good margin because that margin, that healthy, healthy margin is going to give you cushion and help give you some self-insurance when things don't totally go your way, um, like we talked about in episode 66. So with that financial model and a spreadsheet, you can really start play with things. And so again, I just recommend at least starting with the reverse engineer calculator to help you figure out how much you need to make, how much you want to make, how much you need to do in total sales versus real revenue, and then help you play with your prices to determine what your number of sales need to be to hit your revenue targets. Then step B is to focus on who your target audience is. And you know, everyone says niche, 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 and the riches are in the niches. You do want to be as specific as possible and really hone in on, some people call it your ideal avatar, your ideal customer. And I'm going to be honest, um, for this next business, I mean, it's been percolating for a while and such, um, and it's just taken some things and the stars to align for it to be pulling the trigger on it. But, um, you know, based off my experience, I'm going to be honest, my target customer is um, someone who's like me, someone who is a D on disc and a quick start and, um, you know, just likes a proven process and system and is ready to go and implement it. And um, so I am leveraging that. um, And that is my ideal avatar. And, you know, I've, I've, you will have to apply to be a client of this business and you will have to do a disc assessment so we can verify what you are on disc. So um, that's who I work really, really well with. And that's who I can help get results from and who takes the, the least bit of effort for me to work with as well to get the maximum results. So um, you want to, again, really focus on that target audience, that ideal customer. 
And I also recommend that in doing this, going through the story brand messaging filter process. So story brand, we've talked about this on the episode, or excuse me, on a previous episode, but it is based off the story brand book by Donald Miller. And basically the premise is, is that you have um, a character and that's your ideal customer. And then they have a problem. And then they, number three, meet a guide. That's you. And you give them a plan. Um, And this is sort of like, you know, you're the Yoda to uh, the Luke Skywalker character. And you give them a plan as step number four. Then in step number five, you call them to action. And then that results in either success or failure. And you line out what success looks like and you line out what failure looks like. And so, um, again, the Story Brand book is great. And they also have an online uh, resource that allows you to kind of write out your Story Brand. And I do have to recommend that do the online resources because um, it, it's character limited. So if you're like me and love to write and 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 get a little wordy at times, um, the character limitations are are right spot on to help you make sure that you are making your message as crystal clear as possible and as brief as possible. So that is step B. Step C is to really, you know, is it time to, you know, pull the trigger on this new opportunity because you have a virtual bench? I will tell you that um, for this business, there are some individuals, one in particular, who I have been casually recruiting, I guess you could say, for the last um, almost seven years. And she is an HR professional and she worked for our um, provider that provided HR consulting services to us. And, you know, I would always tease her and um, that, you know, I, I would love, you know, to have her be part of our organization one day. And um, that time has finally come to fruition. And then I also have some other additional new hires that um, have been part of my virtual bench. And so you're always wanting to be recruiting and and looking at potential talent and, you know, knowing when you can pull them in for when it's the right time. Step D is um, to really map out your schedule so that you are intentional with your time, especially during the setup and the launch phase of the business. So um, I go through this process. Some people, I would do it at least quarterly. You know, for me, there's going to be different phases. And I would say that I kind of try to set um, my intentions and schedule on a monthly basis in terms of like, these are the goals that I want to accomplish. This is how much time I need to spend on those goals and really um, map out and block my time with very specifics. And so I won't get into the details so much on this episode, but I will say that um, my schedule uh, is very blocked out and, uh, you know, has exactly what I'm doing and what I'm doing and when I'm doing it. And I will include a screenshot of that kind of base weekly schedule of how I'm spending my time and then how you can see really my day is prioritized 
And it's honestly the end of the day that I'm hitting my inbox instead of starting my day with my inbox and getting that inbox to zero. Because that's, you know, it feels good to check off sometimes those those easy to do's. But um, if it's not totally serving you, then it's not a great use of your time. So um, that brings me to the fact that your schedule should be a results driving schedule. Um, you should be getting a return on the time that you're putting into doing a specific item or task or meeting to make things happen. I am spending a lot of time every day in in-house training on this schedule for my new hires because one of my very specific intentions is to make sure that I'm building a company that is not, quote, the Danielle show. So I am spending a lot of time um, every day with my team in training so that they can, you know, come out of the gate and hold the reins and drive their own horses to lead this business as well. Then uh, the next step is um, to say no. So to be honest, this is something that I have struggled with in the past, and it kind of gets back to that wanting to be useful, wanting to be helpful. But, um, you know, I I kind of had a a bit of a come to, to Jesus about, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Why am I starting something else? You know, I kind of have things made. Um, I'm really enjoying my life and my schedule right now. But this is a true calling. This is a true passion. This is something that um, I know will benefit other entrepreneurs in terms of guiding them on how to recruit, hire, and retain A players. So um, I took some time off, really, really thought deeply about it for a few weeks and um, and ready to go, but I knew something had to change. And that something was um, found in an inspirational quote um, from Warren Buffett. I would say that last year, our Warren Buffett inspirational quote was discounts are for dummies, even in a pandemic. So I guess you could say our 2021 Warren Buffettism is um, really successful people say no to almost everything. And, um, you know, Humble brag, I'd like to say that I'm successful, but to be really successful, which is kind of this point where I'm at right now, I need to do what Warren Buffett says. To be really, really successful, I need to say no to almost everything. So I've really started that discipline of of saying no and then really focusing on my schedule and then rearranging my zero inbox to the end of the day has helped me focus in on that. The other thing I'm doing is I'm grading the return on the investment of my time in doing something and what kind of return will it produce? And is it a short-term return or a long-term play on that return? So I've also, um, like I mentioned, killed the busy work in what is going on. And I'm really delegating, um, you know, Adrian Dorison, who leads uh, Run Like Clockwork, calls it trim, trash, trade, or treasure. And so I'm really, really, and we've talked about this on the episode as well, but I'm really trying to um, trim and trash and trade um, everything so that there is really what I can focus on is what I truly treasure and what I can get a good return on my talents with. Then G um, on this list is when you have a problem, Google it. Don't let a problem just kind of fester 
Don't let it just sit in your brain. Um, Let's try to attack the problem. And maybe it's a struggle with your schedule. To be honest, I was, again, making this leap, taking on something more. I knew what my Achilles heel was. I was struggling with some of the busy work. I was struggling with my emails and my in my inbox, and I had created, with the help of someone, a system for zero inbox. But I was still struggling with it. And you know, when I when I was just like, oh, I need I I need some more help with this. I I've got the system, I've got the process, but something's not quite working. I googled best practices for zero inbox, and um, you know, that's where I found. Okay, you move it to the end of the day, and it becomes your last thing for the day. And so when you have a problem, when you've got something that you can't quite figure out, um, even if it's just you want some advice, Google it in the form of a question or whatever, and I am sure that you will find an answer to it or someone sharing their experience with the same issue. And then step H is that you need to plant the seeds and nurture and water it until the stars are aligned. You know, you you get all of this going and you get working at it. But I'll tell you, you know, sometimes it takes me two years, three years um, when I've got other things going on to really make something happen to where it's like time to pull the trigger. The stars are aligned and it's ready. It's go time. I've got everything in place um, and, you know, the market need is there. Uh, the financial model is there, my virtual bench, they are all ready to be able to join the team, etc. So, you know, this is something that sometimes takes years in the making. Uh, Mike Michalowicz, for example, with his books, I mean, he has one book that, um, my gosh, two years ago, he said it was still, it was six years in the making. It was the book that, you know, is still in the making. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes things just take time. And in other cases, you know, that book, his next book comes out in two years, but, you know, some books just take longer to really, you know, mature and, and, and come to fruition. And the same thing can happen with businesses. You know, when we started our two businesses in 2010, it was the healthcare business that was really paying the bills for a while because construction just is a longer lead time in terms of, um, the whole sales cycle and um, and projects starting and projects invoicing, so the cash flow comes in. So at at the beginning, it was our healthcare company that was really taking off fast. But we were, you know, slowly going at it. We were we were watering the seeds every day in the construction material supply business. And then obviously, you know, um, eleven years later, one has. Has, has radically eclipsed the other, but they're both profitable. And I'm thankful that we have both of them. And I'm thankful for the income that we make on both of those businesses. And then the final sort of bit is to make sure that you're focused on delivering results. And you might not be delivering it exactly how you envisioned it. And it might not have all of the bells whistles and uh, flashy lights that you envisioned it happening. But if you are producing results for your clients, then that's what you need because that's what is going to help you continue to grow the business. Because once you produce client results for clients, 
then they will start talking to their friends and you will have this referral network going. Um, and that becomes your, your marketing engine. So, um, you know, it's important to balance perfection and this ideal that's only in your head. No one else knows about it. I know it's hard when you're an entrepreneur and you have all these grand ideas, um, but sometimes those grand ideas take too much time and too much money. So, you know, always think of Parkinson's law. What can you do with an almost empty tube of toothpaste? What kind of results and big impact can you deliver to your new clients without having a new app, without having X, Y, and Z in place? Maybe you just need X to make things happen for your first clients. And then one last um, promise is um, that uh, betas are fine, but make sure you're charging a good price for your betas. You set the expectation, but don't devalue what you're delivering by offering a, 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 you know, a, a beta price because it's going to be really hard for you to then judge what is the true value if you've made something $500 in a beta program when you really want to sell it for $15,000. That is a that's a that's a huge disconnect. You're not really going to get what you want out of that kind of experience. So make sure that, you know, if your offering is really valued at $15,000, then okay, you know, for the beta program, I would charge at least $10,000. I would charge, you know, a good 75% or so of what your ideal price is going to be. And then, um, you know, you can set the appropriate expectations as to why they're getting that. But we didn't give it to a bargain basement price. And Lordy, do not give it away for free because again, that is not going to help you and behoove you in the market testing. So we have, of course, the show notes that um, gives you a checklist and helps you follow along with this. And also we'll have the link to the reverse engineer calculator if that helps you get started on um, creating your financial model for your um, new business and you can get that by going to ProfitFirstNation.com and click on resources. And there you can sign in for our resources. Make sure you leave a cell phone number. And then we will text you each week's visual recap and link to resources for each new episode when it comes out on Thursdays. And my entrepreneurial friends, if you would like to work with an accountant, bookkeeper, or coach who is a Profit First certified professional and who has the heart of a teacher, then please go to ProfitFirstNation.com and click on contact where you can connect with a Profit First professional. Cheers to another profitable day, my entrepreneurial friends. Profit First Nation website, related podcasts, and resources are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, accounting, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional.